We'll go ahead and get started this morning. And uh, of course, we've got a guest speaker this morning. Pray for Brother Bobby. I know his voice is a, it's that Indiana weather, amen, that time of the year when your voice uh, starts to fade out a little bit. So you keep him in your prayers this morning. Pray for Pastor and Miss Christie. They're on vacation. And um, as far as announcements go, is there any other special announcements? We don't have a bulletin this morning, so I'm just, yes. Ah, yeah. Christmas Eve Sunday and New Year's Eve Sunday. There's just an eight uh, Sunday morning services, amen. So if you show up Sunday night, you'll, you'll probably be by yourself. <laughs> Any other special announcements? All right. Brother Jimmy, would you open us up in prayer this morning? morning. I want to welcome everybody. If you go ahead and stand and take your handbooks out, we'll turn to page 196. Angels we have heard on high.
two, please. Good Christian men rejoice. Fellowship and shake hands and say hi to each other.
wave. Could everybody return your seats, please? Well, th do things a little bit different this morning. Um, we're having junior church, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead, we're going to go ahead and take up the offering this morning. So I have the men come up. That's the way we used to do it, and then, then we changed things around, but we're changing things around again this morning. Brother Eli, would you ask the blessings? take hymn books out again we'll turn to page 208 we'll stay seated 208 ring the bells we want to ring the bells so everyone knows that Christ has come for uh, to save us but also to show us the way to heaven
Christie has a special for us right before the message. people in our church. Amen. And praise the Lord for them willing to use their gifts and ability for God's glory. Uh, I know, I understand we got some visitors here this morning. Is there anybody here that has not heard Brother Bobby Sanders preach before? Would you raise your hand? So we got a couple, brother. Uh, brother Bobby's a regular here. He's part of the family and, and uh, it's a privilege to have him fill in for our pastor this morning. So Brother Bobby, you come and preach what the Lord's laid upon your heart. She isn't here, so, but no, uh, my, my wife is, uh, is an excellent traveler as long as the weather is good. When it turns bad, she becomes the worst second driver in the entire vehicle. And especially if it's snowing, she comes and gets beside herself and uh, on the way up I had we had watched the weather and uh, I had 
I had really not seen anything major look like that was going to happen. It, they were talking about flurries here and stuff like that. And so I told her, I said, I'm going to be driving. It takes us seven and a half hours from home to get here. And so I told her, I said, I'm going to drive seven and a half hours. I'm going to preach and then turn right around, come home. And so there's no need you riding 15 hours just to go up there and back. I'll build you a nice fire and the wood stove and you stay here and mind the fort. And so, but uh, I was telling Brother Travis coming up about 45 miles below Cincinnati, uh, all of a sudden I couldn't hear, uh, they'd been snow blowing across the road and all of a sudden I couldn't hear road noise. Now that's a dead giveaway. I don't know if you've been out there and you know anything about driving in the wintertime, but when you don't hear road noise, there's a reason for that. That generally means ice or packed snow. And so uh, just about the time the road noise ceased, I felt the back end of my little truck do like this. And I looked up and there's done one guy in the guardrail on the other side and I slowed up and uh, put my truck in four wheel drive. And all the intelligent people just kept coming by me at 75 miles an hour. And so anyway, we finally got through that and coming around the bypass, the road noise stopped again and all of a sudden here come this emergency vehicle. And I looked and saw this brand new nice Dodge Challenger with the back end tore off of it in the median. And about that time I looked up and a little red Ranger, Ford Ranger like I'm driving. I looked down the side of this bridge and there's this red streak and he's sitting against it and a brand new BMW is doing like this across the bridge. Well, those intelligent people caught up with me again. And they went by me 75 miles an hour again. Well, I got about, uh, I don't know, somewhere about just across the Indiana line coming toward uh, Indianapolis and the road noise stopped again. And I looked over to the side and there was a car literally had jumped the ditch and was actually a third of the way up in a tree. And the people were standing there trying to figure out how they're going to get him out. And again, those intelligent people caught up with me again, doing 75 mile an hour. But uh, I'm glad to be here, glad that you're here in the service, glad for all those that are here visiting with us. Uh, what part of the world are y'all from? Where, where, where do y'all live? Okay, great, great. I was, this is a, this, you'll understand in a second. I was hoping you all were, had driven in from Poland. That's where I wanted you to come from. You say, why? Well, I'm a full-time evangelist and I've been 30 years in evangelism and I've got a website and I, I talk about, you know, tell where I've been or whatever. And it sounds real good I was going to tell everybody, I had one couple drove all the way, or I wasn't going to tell them drove, came all the way from Brazil to hear me preach. And if I could tell I had a couple all come all the way from Poland to hear me preach, it was going to make, it was going to make for some interesting news. But uh, I can't do that now. But let me say this, uh, our sister was playing the, the beautiful song, and uh, part of the words of the song is where the shepherds or where the angels come 
and talk about bringing uh, good news of, of glad tidings of great joy. And it sparked uh, an area of memory. I always forget this. Uh, about uh, somewhere about six or eight weeks ago, I've always uh, on my website have, have uh, what I call a post. And uh, I've been changing it monthly or every six weeks. But the Lord's laid it on my heart to do weekly devotionals. And so uh, I always forget to announce it. But if you'll go to my website, it's just all lowercase, drbobsanders.com, there's a place that you can subscribe, put your email, you'll get a verification from me. And if you don't get a verification, look in your uh, spam box because sometimes your limits are set. But if you'll subscribe and you'll get an email and verify that you are who you say you are so that we don't have a bunch of people just putting people's names down. Uh, every week on Friday or Saturday morning, you'll get, a, you'll get an update. Uh, this last week is the article on uh, preoccupied. And it's just about all six to 800 words. But the reason she made that, that it sparked my memory is uh, next week uh, I'm going to start dealing with the Christmas story. The week after that, I deal with a little phrase, glad tidings of great joy. And so if you'll sign up, it'll come straight to your mailbox. Won't have to do a thing. And once a week, you'll give me the opportunity to preach to you a short devotional that'll be there. And I'd love for you to go by and, and do that if you will. If you will, I want you to open your Bible this morning to 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. And I want to begin reading in verse number 8. And if you will, keep your Bibles open there. But I, I want to look, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I hear people and I'm, uh, I'm glad when I hear it. I hear people at times say, uh, well, this is my favorite Bible verse. This is my favorite book in the Bible. Or this is my favorite Bible character. And I, it thrills me when, when folks do that. Uh, but for whatever reason, I, I really don't have a, a favorite verse. If I, if I sign a letter or whatever, I put uh, Hebrews 9.28 down uh, because of the uh, the content of the verse. I love uh, certain portions, but I love the entire Word of God, and I, I really enjoy studying uh, all the characters of the Bible. But there's a, there's a lady here that I want to deal with that I hold in high esteem, and uh, not only do I hold her in high esteem, but may I say, I desire to be like her. And I want to look at, in, in 2 Kings chapter number 4, at who God calls a great woman. And I want to read these verses and have just a word of prayer and bring you some thoughts out of this passage dealing with this great woman. Notice in verse number 8, the Bible said, and it fell on a, on a day that Elisha passed to Shinnom, 
where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was, as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by, uh, by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us sit for him uh, there a bed and a, a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Let's pray. Our gracious and most kind Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to be in the service. We thank you for this good number that is here in the house of the Lord this morning. Lord, I ask that you would illuminate my mind, that you would give me clarity of thought. I pray as we look in the Word of God that you would uh, give uh, ears to the hearer. Lord, uh, may uh, we hear with clarity. May we hear with understanding. Lord, may uh, the Word of God uh, find a lodging place within our hearts that you might receive all the glory and all the honor. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to draw your attention, if you will, to verse number 8. And if you underline in your Bible, I want you to notice that here in your Bible it says, And it fell on a certain day uh, that Elisha passed through Shunem. And notice it says, uh, There was a great woman. Notice that little uh, phrase there, great woman. Now, as best I can understand, and I've tried to study, I've tried to uh, read and look at it. This is the only place that I can find in the Word of God that, that, that the word great is attached to the description of a woman. Now, there's many other terms that are used to describe uh, 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 different ones, a virtuous woman, different things like that. But this is the only place that, that I can find that that it is referring specifically to just this woman. And uh, notice that word great there. <clears throat> it means great in any sense. Uh, it, it is used sometimes and translated elder, high, noble, or mighty. Now think about this just for a moment. Uh, here in the Word of God is a lady that is described as high, noble, and mighty. Now, the thing that impresses me about this is who's saying it? Uh, my wife and I took a, a few days this last week, went down to meet uh, some friends of ours down in Gatlinburg to do some Christmas shopping and some different things like that. And, uh, I, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm always, there's something that, that captivates me about signs. Especially if they have the ability to put words or, or put uh, stuff out there. And they're always putting stuff on, on signs. And, and so when I pass a sign, I, I immediately read the sign. And I pass this, this pizza parlor. Now, I'd never heard the name of the pizza parlor before. Matter of fact, it was so unimpressive that I still don't, I don't remember the name of it. Here's what I do remember. Great. 
greatest pizza on the planet. Now, you know, if it was the greatest pizza on the planet, Brother Travis, I'm sure I'd heard of it. Matter of fact, would anybody like to tell me the name of that pizza park? Because I'm sure if it's the greatest pizza on the planet, you know what it is, don't you? I don't know what it is because, you know, I've got a feeling that they probably don't have the greatest pizza on the planet. I'm sure somebody else has probably got a similar sign somewhere that they're describing they're the greatest pizza on the planet. But uh, the truth of the matter is, I don't believe that. Matter of fact, I, I, I'm not sure you believe that. But people have a way of making statements. And the truth and the validity of the statement is really conditioned by, the, by, by this fact. Who's doing the talk? You say, well, what's so impressive about this? Her husband's not doing the talk. Her children's not doing the talk. May I say, uh, I don't believe they probably had this in this day and hour, but her bridge club isn't doing the talking. Matter of fact, the lady circle's not doing the talking. You say, Brother Bob, who's doing the talking? God's doing the talking. Think about this just for a moment. Here is a lady that has so impressed a divine sovereign God that knows the hairs of your head that knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart, that knows everything from the beginning all the way to the end. And he says to himself, here's a lady that I want to acknowledge. Here's a lady that I want to be immortalized in the Word of God so that even from now right on through, as long as the Word of God is preached, she was going to be this is not what I said. God said that here in Shunem there resides a great woman. Now when I read that, here's what sparked me, uh, that motivated me. Did you know, did you know one of these days that God's going to have something to say about all of us? Amen. Did you know the Bible tells us that as it is appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment? And would you like to know who the judge is going to be? Would you like to know the individual that every man, woman, boy, or girl that ever has taken a breath on planet Earth is going to stand before? Would you like to know who that is? It's none other than God Himself. And the Bible says the books are going to be open. And we're going to be judged out of the book. I think there's a book. The Bible's going to be there. The, the Lamb's Book of Life's going to be there. And I believe there's going to be a book known as the Book of Remembrance. And you know what God's going to do, Brother Travis, as we walk up, as our nature called, He's going to have something to say about us. Now, let me ask you a question. Up to this very second in time, what would God say about you? If God was to declare a eulogy of who you are and what you've done, what would he have to say? He's going to have something to say. And here's the, here's the thing about it is, not only are we going to hear it, 
the entire host of heaven's going to hear. The good news is, if you don't like what he's going to say, you can change it as long as you've got breath in your body. But as I, as I begin to think about uh, who it was that's doing the talking and, and who it is that that is making this statement and, and what he says about this woman and, and the idea that one day God's going to say something about me. It created a hunger and desire in my heart that I want to be the greatest. I want to be remembered like this woman here. I want to, I want God to have something positive that, that I want God to, uh, to uh, you know, not for me. But I'd like to be immortalized so that I have something of a life that reflects the fact of what he's done in my life. And he's worthy of my service. And he's worthy of my honor. So as I begin to think and I begin to invest, you know, here's the thing that, that we need to understand. If she's great, I want to be great. Does it make sense that I would study what made her great and then incorporate it in my life? In other words, find out the elements. Now, I'm reading, I was kidding a fella the other day. I'm, uh, I, uh, I, my, my wife says that I take the fun out of everything because, uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, if you want to do something, you ought to be the greatest that there is to do it. You ought to attempt to do it. My wife says you take all the fun out of it. But I, I'm reading a book now entitled uh, Four Decisions. I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry, Seven Decisions. And uh, I, I wouldn't tell you the name of the author, but I just got it the day before yesterday. Can't remember his name, but, but uh, here's a fella that has, uh, uh, he lost his mother to cancer. Uh, very soon after that, he lost his dad to uh, automobile. And uh, ultimately, he ended up living under a pier in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Now think about this. Here's a guy with no parents, ultimately throwed everything he has away, living under a pier in Gulf Shores, Alabama. You say, what, what, what can he tell you? He can tell me a whole lot because he got his life turned around. He's now spoken publicly to four presidents and speaks nationally, worldwide, and has written 20 books. You say, what, 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 what motivates you by him? He has a desire to be great. You say, how did he, how did he do that? He started at, down there at, 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 underneath that pier going every day to the library reading a biography of a great person. He read 200 of them. You know what he did? He said, I found out what made them great, and I incorporated in my life those attributes, and I am what I am today because I read about great people. So if I want to be great, I need to find out what this lady did. I need to find out something character about her nature, her character. And then I need to implement, I need to apply it. I need to make it usable in my life. I'm sure this is not all the attributes of greatness. 
But I want you to notice some with me, if you will. Notice, first of all, in verse number 8 down through verse number 10, and I'll not read the verses again because we just read them, but I want you to notice, first of all, her hospitality. You know, here is an individual that is not self-centered. Here is an individual that everything isn't about her. You say, what are you talking about? Well, notice uh, uh, the Bible said there that, that on a, a, a fell on a, on a, a day, uh, Elisha would pass through, shoot him, there was a great woman. Now notice this, and she constrained him to come, uh, uh, him to eat bread. In other words, uh, here is a woman that, that is looking for an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else other than herself. I remember several years ago, I was preaching down in a, uh, outside of Cleveland, Tennessee. And the next morning, uh, uh, I was preaching uh, Sunday, uh, uh, preaching Thursday through Sunday night, and I preached Thursday night, and, and Friday morning, I believe it was, uh, uh, of course, I, I was off uh, till that night, and I took Glendon, we went down to, to the Chattanooga Mall, which is up just maybe all 18, 20 miles from where I was preaching, and I, we were going through the mall, and, and I'm walking along, and and of course, uh, we have a great way of shopping. Glenda runs like a little mad person to all these stores, and I find the I find the food court. So I found the food court, and I'm I'm there, and all of a sudden this little girl comes by, and she's wearing a t-shirt with writing on. Now let me make this comment: If you don't want people to stare at you, don't write. Don't get a t-shirt with writing. And so here she comes, and she's wearing this T-shirt. It's coming down through there. And on the front it says, it's all about, and when she goes by it, there's big letters on the back, me. I hate to say this, but that's the mentality of most folks. That's the mentality of most folks. You remember Jackie Kennedy married one of the wealthiest men in the world. His name was Onesimus. Somebody interviewed him and said, if you were to lose all your money, what was the first thing you'd do? He said, the first thing I'd do is I'd find people to help. He said, I'd find people that I could help. Then I'd get a job and try to uh, begin to make a living. He said, matter of fact, I'll probably get three jobs. He said, because the truth of the matter is, if I'm going to go back to where I was, I only want to get there as people. And he said, I found out when you help people, ultimately they'll help you. Here's a lady who wants to be helped somebody else. You say, what, what's she doing? She's a lady of hospitality. She's a, a lady that, that wants to do something for somebody else. Now, here's the disciples. They're following their Lord. They're, they're, they're griping. They're complaining. They're arguing. You say, what are they arguing about? Who's going to be the greatest? You know what Jesus said? He said, he that be the greatest to me, let him be your servant. He said, you want to you really rise? You want to you make a mark? You want to impact? You want to be great? <coughs> he said, get a servant's heart. 
You know, I wonder today, do you have a servant's heart? Or do you have a desire to minister? Do you have a desire? Yeah, notice this. Notice the constraint of her hospitality. The Bible said she constrained him. You know, I love word studies, and you know that, that that's heard me preach. I love to read and study what word. Literally, the idea here of this word means to have your arm twisted. Now, I'm not trying to be mean, but this lady's not going to take no for an answer. It's almost a Miss Pam, as if she's saying, Will you like it or not? I've got food on the table. You're going to come in. I'm going to feed it to you. You're going to eat it yourself. But, but you're coming in. You, you're not going to deny me the privilege of, of being of service. Uh, you're not going to deny me the privilege of, of helping. Her. Now, <coughs> here's the thing that, 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 that impresses me. Did you understand who this woman is? She's not a widow. She's not, a, she's not an individual of meager means. She's married to a wealthy man that has the ability to add on to their house. She's married to a man that has fields, that has servants, that, that has enough that they have to go out and reap crops. Matter of fact, in the story, you read, it doesn't say they had one servant, but the Bible says they had multiple servants. It said they had one of the servants. But here's the great truth. The great truth is, while she could have got someone else to do it, she's not going to have the privilege of being a servant herself. The constraint. Then notice, I love this, notice the continuance of our hospitality. You know, I hate to say this, but even mean, grumpy, ornery people every now and have a weak moment and do something nice. Amen. I mean, it can happen. You say, what do you mean? If lightning can strike one tree every now and then, somebody can be nice. <laughs> but notice this. This hospitality is not just not just one time. But notice in verse 8, notice it says, and don't miss this, in verse 8, it says, pass by and turn in thither to eat bread. In other words, uh, notice the season is continual. <coughs> in other words, he didn't, he's not going to eat there one time, but every time he comes by, he's going to eat there. In other words, the, the continuous. And notice, I love this, this may not impress you, but notice the size of the continuous. She's not happy. After a while, he's, now think about this, just for a he's been coming by, he's been eating bread, been turning in, and all of a sudden one day she turns to her husband and says, this ain't working. He said, what do you mean? We're feeding him every time he comes by. He's eating, he's, every time he comes by, he gets a free meal. She said, no, we've got to do better than this. Let's build him a room. What would be a room without a bed? What would be a room without a without a, a, a desk? What would be a desk without a chair? What would be a desk and chair without a candle? <clears throat> you know what I like? She not only has a heart for hospitality, but she's always looking to heighten and increase that hospitality. In other words, uh, She's not satisfied with doing just as much as she can get by with. 
She's always looking for greater opportunities to minister to those about her. You know, the Bible teaches us that we're to do good to all men. If I was to ask you a question and we were to start around the room and, and I was to say, in the last month, name someone you've done a good deed for. I wondered, I wondered this morning, is there anybody that you could name? Is there anything that particular that you've went out of your way to, to minister to someone that you've changed their life? But then notice, if you will, not only her hospitality, but notice, if you will, in verse 11 through 13, notice her humility. I'll not read the verses, but let me paraphrase it. Elisha's there laying reclined on the bed. He's got a servant named Gehazia. And they're there uh, cooling their heels uh, this nice room, they may have just had a great meal. Elisha says, come here, Gehazia. Go call that great woman and have her come in and I'll talk to her. And to paraphrase, what he basically says is, you know what? You have been real good to me. Every time I come by, good hot meal. Every time I need to recline, I've got a bed. Every time I need to study, here's a table, a chair, a candle. Here I am. He said, you know, I feel like that I ought to do something for you. I feel like that you ought to be rewarded for, for what you've done. Not, not because that you've done what you've done to be rewarded, but I want to, you know, you've been a blessing to me. Now I want to be a blessing to you. And notice what he said. He said, you know, I have certain, because of who I am, I have certain privileges. He said, would you like me to talk to the king your past? He said, would you like to move up in your social status? Well, what would you like to maybe when uh, they're having affairs or, or great banquets or festive occasions? Uh, he said, I can see that your name's put on the list. I can see you can be attended to the <coughs> to balls. I can, I, I, can, I can work around. Would you be interested in royalty or rubbing shoulders with the elite? Uh, I don't care anything about that. We said... Uh, how about if I talk to the captain of the host? He said, maybe you've got somebody that's, that's mistreated. You Maybe you've got uh, a position your husband would like uh, in rank. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a, uh, maybe an issue with the law that you like settled. He said, no. Now listen to her answer and don't miss it. Look at the end of verse number 13. And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. That word dwell means to sit down in quietness, to remain or settle. That my own people means people as a congregation, a unit, especially a tribe. 
The word among means uh, it's an unused root meaning to serve or, or be in the center of it. Listen to what she said when you put it together. I'm perfectly satisfied and content to sit down in the congregation of my own people and quietly serve. I'm content to just quietly move about among my own people and serve. Don't have to have any attention. Don't have to have my name put on a plaque. Don't have to have my name in the bulletin. Don't have to be recognized by anybody. I'm just perfectly content to be who I am, where I am, and what I'm doing. You know, uh, it's a shame when a person can't be happy who they are. Amen. You know, I, I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm perfectly content being who I am and preaching where God's put me. I know a lot of folks today that are totally dissatisfied in their life. They've never, they've never come to the grips being satisfied with who they are. She's content with who she is. She's content. There's a humble spirit about her. I don't need the king. I don't need the captain of the guard. I don't need to be elevated. I don't need to be exalted in the eyes of men. I'm just happy doing and being who I am. But then notice verse 14 through 17. Not only do we see her hospitality and her humility, but we see her happiness. Now, in order to understand this, finally she leaves. The man of God says to Gehazi, she doesn't want me to talk to the king, doesn't want me to talk to the captain of the guard. What in the world can be done for? What in the world could I do for her to reward her for, for what she's done for us? And Gehazi says, well, she's getting up in years, but she has no child. She has no child. Now, let me make this comment. You need to understand in the day and hour that this lady lived that the hopes of every woman was to give birth to a child, but especially a male child. In hopes that that male child might be the Messiah. That through her, the Son of God may come. But notice what she says. He calls her back in and, 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 and says to her, about this time in the year of uh, natural process of time, about this time in the process of, of time, you're going to give birth to a son. She said, now, no, 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 I didn't ask for a son. Not, not that she didn't want one, but, but you need to understand, I didn't ask for that. You say, what are you talking about? She's perfectly happy with and without what she's got. 
You say, what do you mean? You ever been around somebody that you, this, is, this is the basic mentality that they've always got? I'd be happy if I had this. Oh, I, I tell you what, I, I, I like my car, but you know, I'd be a lot happier if I had this. I like this house, but I'd be a lot happier if I had this house. See, they, they condition their happiness on substance. I love, uh, you, you may not enjoy this as much as I did, but I was reading a particular story. It's supposed to be a, a true story. See, they brought a, I don't know if he's were exactly in the mountains. He was raised in West Virginia, Virginia. I don't know where it was, but they, they told the story of that, that they brought this fella. He'd never been very far from where he'd lived, uh, grew up all of his life in, in a particular area, never hardly been out of town. And they loaded him up and took him to New York City. They took him right down through all where all the shops were. I think, isn't that where Macy's is? All this other, I mean, all these things. And the old man's walking down through there and, and uh, uh, looking in all the windows and everything. They begin to clap his little hands. Somebody asked him, said, what in the world? He said, I never thought I could be so happy without all these things. You said, what did he learn? He just learned to be happy with what he had. And, and, and here's a lady that has accepted the fact this is what God has done. This is God's choice for my life. This is who I am. And I'm happy being what God has made. But then notice lastly her hope. Verse 18 through 27. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. You probably already know the story. But, but uh, sure as, as the man of God's word was, she gives birth to a son. And time has transpired. Now, I don't know the exact age of the boy, but here's what I do know. He's big enough to go to the field with his daddy and the servants, but he's also young enough to sit on the lap of his mother. So exactly how old he is, I don't know. But all of a sudden, he's out there in the field, and he begins to complain he's got a headache. And he begins to cry to his daddy that his head's hurting, and his daddy tells one of the servants to take him, take him back to the house to his mom. And so he comes back, she takes him up in, his, in her lap, begins to try to figure out what's wrong with him and, and console him. And when the evening time comes, he passes away. He dies. And uh, notice that in the midst of this trouble, notice that she still has a hope. And her hope is in God. Now, here's what I want you to see. Her hope is in God, even in the midst of the good times. You say, I didn't know that. She goes after her husband. And uh, I don't believe that you have to, you, you can come to your own opinion. But I, I don't think, uh, I don't think the husband knows that the boy's died. She says, I want you to get one of the servants and have him saddle an ass, and I want him to take me to the man of God. And in essence, she, her husband looks at her and says, now wait a minute, it's not the Sabbath, and it's not one of the new moons. In other words, it's not a time you normally go to church. You know what he's saying? 
I've got a wife that was faithful to ask God. In other words, uh, Sunday rolls around, Sabbath rolls around. You know what? I know where my wife's going to be. She's going to ask God. Well, the new moon or when revival or Bible conference or missions conference or, or whatever it is rolls around, I know where my wife's going to be. She's going to ask God. You know, I wonder, I wonder if you have that kind of testimony. You know, I'm afraid most people's testimony is this. I'm going to church for ain't nothing else going on. If it ain't warm enough uh, that I can get out and have a picnic or I go down the lake and bass fish or they ain't having uh, bridge days or something like that, I'm, I'm going to ask God. No, this lady said, I'm going to ask God, period. Well, there's nothing wrong. It's, it's good times. You're, you're, in other words, you're not in trouble. That's right. But I, was, I want God to understand that whether it's good times or bad times, I'm going to be there to worship him and serve him. So she knew that, he knew that she'd go there in blessed times. Then notice this, she'd go there in buffeting times. Her husband asked her, said, is everything well? You know what she says? It's well. She gets on the the, the servant and gets on that donkey heading to the man of God. Man of God sees her and sees her coming in. He sends Gehazi out there and says, Go out there and find out what's going on. And so Gehazi goes out. He says, Well, he has been well with the son. Well, with you. She says, It's well. And she runs and jumps off the beast and embraces the feet of the man of God. Gehazi gets ready to drag away. And Elisha said, leave her alone. It's nothing but bitterness of soul. The Lord hadn't revealed to me something's wrong. You say, why didn't she say something's wrong? Because of her hope. You know what her hope was? If I can get to God, everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Blessed times, buffeting times, all I need is God. You say, what makes this woman so great? Hospitality, she's got a servant's heart. Humility, she's happy where she is. Her happiness doesn't revolve around substance and things. Because her hope in this world and the next to come is one thing. As long as I've got God, everything else will be all right. I want to ask you a question just for a moment. When you look at these four areas of greatness in her life, hospitality, humility, happiness, and hope, I want to ask you this. How many of those are exhibited in your life? You have a servant's heart. Are you happy where and with what God's given you? You have a humble spirit. Don't always have to be acknowledged or raised up. As far as you're concerned, 
God's the only thing you need. May I say those make up the marks of this woman's greatness. And I believe in my heart that those attributes will become part of my character. I too can be perceived great in the sight of God. Would you stand please? Our gracious and most kind Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the Word of God and what it's meant to us this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for an example of greatness. I'm humbled by the life of this lady. While, Lord, you chose not to give us her name, you chose to magnify her character to record it for generations to read and to, to look at. Lord, I ask you this morning, would you speak to the hearts of those that are here this morning? Would you put within us an insatiable appetite to be great, not in the sight of men, but in the sight of the Master? that we too one day could hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, I pray for maybe one that would be here this morning in the service, unaware of the fact and the settled assurance that heaven would be their home if today would be the last day they were permitted to live upon this earth. Lord, may today be the day of salvation. Lord, speak to our hearts as only you can. And we'll love you and thank you and praise you for all that you're doing. But we ask it in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we remain in the presence of the Lord, as our brother plays through three or four verses of invitation, the altars are open. If there's a need in your heart and life that God spoke to your heart, we invite you to come as he plays through three or four verses in a song. Would you simply come and be obedient to the leadership of the Lord?
way part of the verse of the chorus goes is making me a blessing is the song that our brother was singing, playing. And you know, uh, I've been uh, reading, studying through several books. One book I picked up I'm reading through by uh, Oswald Sanders is a book on being a divine soul winner. And uh, in part of reading through the, the thing uh, that I'm reading is it's one of the first uh, things that I realize is, that he brings out is you have to be conscious of souls. And one of the best ways that I found out is I'm going to have to redo my, my prayer list. I have a prayer list, but I'm going to revise my prayer list. And one of my prayers is, Lord, make me conscious of souls that I come in contact with. And I thought about it as our brother played that, that, that song this, this morning. You know, uh, if we want to be a blessing, why not begin to ask God to make us one? Make it part of your prayer life. The whereby you ask God to make you aware that there's folks out there you can minister to. Well, if you will, we're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And remember, tonight, services are at 6 o'clock. And I uh, would love to have you come back. I want to personally thank our visitors for being with us. You are our honored guest, and thank you for being here. All the church folks, if you will, know you already have. But go by and introduce yourself. Make yourself welcome to them. Thank you so very much. Brother Travis, would you dismiss us? Now as we go our way, you bring us back this evening. These things we ask in your precious name.